Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Couch Rotato Podcast. Coming up on today's show, an overstressed suburbanite and his neighbor struggle to prove their theory that the new family in town is actually a front for a cannibalistic cult. That's right, gang. We're talking the 1989 Tom Hanks cult classic, The Burbs, right here, right now on the Couch Rotato Podcast. Spend a quiet week at home with Tom Hanks in The Burbs. It's a comedy about what happens to an ordinary neighborhood when a very unordinary family moves in. Neighbors from hell. Your neighbors are murdering people. We got a real problem. The Burbs. Bring it home on video cassette from MCA Home Video. Hey, Adam, let me ask you a question. All right, shoot. Have you ever had a, a neighbor that you were a little suspicious of? I have, actually. Uh, do tell. Yeah. Um, well, I, uh, used to live in these townhouses. They were really, really close together. Um, and, uh, there would be some strange sounds coming from the other side of the wall, uh, that we shared. Um, and, uh, I was just wasn't sure what was going on over there. And more often than not, it was late at night too. That seems to be the, uh, thing I uh, had, uh, where I lived at, we used to have these neighbors that, uh, moved in. And the people that lived there before like, just kind of vanished. Like, we don't know what happened to them. They were, because um, I lived where my uh, grandparents used to live. The people mm-hmm. that lived next door to us were my grandparents' best friends. Like, thick as Steve's. They always, like, would shoot the shit across the fence. And then, like, one day they were just gone. And then, like, this uh, older couple moved in. And they only seemed to come out real late at night. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they were murderous or anything, but they were just super weird. And I'd always see them like, uh, you know, 16, 17 years old. You know, you're starting to go out and party, maybe smoking a little weed, you know, getting in some trouble, and you'd mm-hmm. come home super late. And I'd always find those people out on their front porch, like, just smoking cigarettes. That's weird. And <laughs> Smoking yeah. cigarettes late at night, just yeah. on the porch. Yeah, like I actually, I thought they were uh, old. Like, just they kept weird hours until uh, mm-hmm. like about a year after they lived there. Uh, family down the street, their dad comes banging on the uh, the guy's door, and he just wasn't answering the door. And he's trying to break into this dude's house. Apparently, he uh, this uh, guy had his sons do some yard work for him, and to pay. Yeah. <laughs> He paid them with like a stack of fucking porno bags. And the That's dad, fa- the dad found out about it. It was trying to kick this guy's <laughs> ass for giving his kids pornography. But yeah, <laughs> that's long and short of it. Uh, reason I ask is uh, today's episode we are discussing the uh, the nineteen eighty nine cult classic, The Burbs, which stars Tom Hanks, which. Uh, I know it's been on my radar to do on this show for quite a long time. It's one of my uh, favorite, like, underrated movies from the 80s, but it seems like it's never available for streaming for a long period of time. Yeah, I, 
when I was uh, looking at this, I think it's only available on, on one streaming service right now, but I was wanting to uh, see if I had it on Voodoo. Apparently, I don't. And uh, the only way to get it is to buy it off the website. There's no actual way to, like, purchase it through anything else. Yeah, it was... Uh, it seems like it'll be on, like, Peacock or... Like, like right now, you can stream it on Netflix. Kind of got a little bit ahead of myself on the tail of the tape. But, um, yeah, uh, it, it's been off streaming for a while. So then I seen it magically appeared on Netflix. It just got mm-hmm. added. So I remember I texted you. I was like, we got to do it now because... Next month, it may not be available for people to watch. Right. <laughs> um, what was your first memory of watching the Burbs? Um, this is another one that I saw on TV. Um, it came out uh, the year before I was born, so I'm dating myself as kind of young, I guess, maybe. Uh, um, but uh, I love Tom Hanks, and so it instantly caught my eye. Um Uh, I don't remember what channel it was on, Um, but I do remember watching it. uh, I was in my grandfather's den and it it popped on. He usually watched uh, any movie that came on TV. He watched. So Mm -hmm. um, I ended up watching it with him Um, instantly loved it. It kind of reminded me of uh, uh, the Munsters in a way, or the Adams family, just the way that the, uh, the neighbors were. Um, So I was hooked. I mean, I was a kid. Yeah, this one for me used to be one of the uh, – when we first uh, got – we had maybe Showtime and HBO for like maybe a year or so, but this movie was on constant rotation. It seemed like it was always on in the middle of the afternoon after I got home from school. So mm-hmm. I'd always catch it. Like I don't think I seen it from beginning to end in its entirety until like maybe seven or eight months after it come on cable. But I had always seen yeah. like parts of it to where like I pieced it together where I had seen it so many times like oh well yeah like okay, I came in when uh, they go to the Bruce Dern and Tom Hanks's characters go to the Klopex house like okay yeah or then like oh here's the scene where uh, we get introduced to Corey Feldman or oh hey this is where uh, Walter's gone yeah and then I would watch a little bit of it from there and I'd always piece the whole thing together. But I remember just fucking loving this movie because it was – it's done by the uh, Joe Dante, same guy who did Gremlins, and it's just – it's kind of odd, but it's also, like, nothing that Joe Dante had done before. It's very macabre. And like you said, yeah. it kind of has that Adams Family Munsters vibe to it a little bit, which I kind of dug. Yeah, it's like, it's like a Scooby-Doo kind of horror, not like, you know, scary in the traditional sense. Yeah, and I think as I've gotten older, too, I can relate to it a little more because uh, I've had my days where I've just kind of sat sat around. As a matter of fact, I'm where I'm recording right now, I can look, and there's a family that lives on the corner of my neighborhood. It's an older man and a woman, and they fight all the fucking time. And it's not like, you know, one of those things where, like, he forgot to get something at the grocery store and she gets pissed off at him. They're, like, literally yelling profanities at each other. Clean as, you know, you can hear them plain as day. And I found myself numerous times when they go at it, like, I just kind of crack my window open. Yeah. Enjoy a beverage or two. Just (laughs) Instead of anything that's on TV, I'll sit and watch that. I want so much to be Corey Feldman watching the neighborhood like 
I I would love to have that kind of interest in just regular everyday. Like he he invites his girlfriend over. She's like, hey, you want to go see a movie? And like he's like, no, this is better. I wish I was like that. I wish I had that kind of attitude. Oh, I wish I <laughs> I wish I had lived in a neighborhood that was that fucking interesting. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I live in a uh, a neighborhood where it's essentially like the youngest person in the neighborhood besides me and my wife and my two kids is probably in their sixties. Yeah. So they're probably in bed by the by the time anything interesting would happen. You haven't uh, seen anybody uh, try and use an incinerator in their basement or anything. After hours? No, because the people that live around here, they probably wouldn't know how to use one. And they would, like, come over, like, hey, can you help me with this incinerator? Like, I can't get it to work. And you're young. You know about technology. That's not really technology, but okay, I guess I'll come over here and help you burn your cat. get my incinerator to stop blinking 12 o'clock. <laughs> I just can't get the time figured out. And for some reason, like... I'm afraid if I hit the wrong button, I'm just going to ruin it, and I'll have to have it them take it back. <laughs> I'll and, have to find an incinerator for my incinerator, and then I got to find a I got to find their number in the phone book. And <laughs> like, wait a minute, you still have a phone book? For our younger listeners, phone books were sent to everybody's house, and you could look through them, and it would list all the phone numbers. <laughs> We, last summer, we uh, came back from somewhere and there was a phone book sitting in my driveway. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, people still use these? What year is it? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I picked it up and I brought it in the house and my wife just, Jen's like, just throw it away. We're never going to use that. <laughs> yeah, like, I think the only thing it would be good for now is like, as a, like, a weapon. Like, if you needed to, like, <laughs> I've seen enough Seagal movies to where, like, I could, if someone ever broke into the house, I could maybe use it as a weapon, like roll it up and like roll it up and yeah, thwart a knife attack. <laughs> exactly. All right, uh, let's get into these uh, categories, shall we? Lot to dig into sure. on this movie. Uh, the tale of the tape. Uh, I had someone reach out to me via email, which is very rare. But if you ever want to communicate with us on the show. Feel free. Uh, best ways to contact us are in the show notes, the description that you get your podcast. So feel free to email us. But they uh, they asked the question, why we never tell people what the movie's rated. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we, so, we never do. Um, so, yeah, I think we'll add that to the tail of the tape going forward. So uh, thank you, Jose from uh, Puerto Rico, if you're listening. Thank you for the uh, the little tip. Uh, the Burbs is rated PG-13, was released on February the 17th, 1989, coming up on an anniversary. I didn't know that this movie was almost, what, 35 years old, if my math is right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I'm not yeah, a math well, whiz, I just play one on TV. Well, I mean, I was born a year afterwards, and I'm 33, going to be 34 this year, so yeah, okay. 35. All right, good deal, I still got it. Uh, this movie stars Tom Hanks, Rick Dukeman, Bruce Dern, Carrie Fisher, and Corey Feldman. As we stated, was directed by Joe Dante. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes score of uh, 55% from critics, which I thought was a bit harsh. It was a little harsh. I can see it from critics, but um, it doesn't deserve it. 
Yeah, I had uh, when I was reading, uh, trying to get uh, notes about uh, some fun facts. I did see that this movie got critically panned. Yeah, but I still, it, but... still a moderate hit at the box office. But that was mm-hmm. before uh, people like Rotten Tomatoes was a thing. So, uh, but audiences seemed to love it though. They gave it a seventy-one percent favorable rating. The consensus mm-hmm. was the Burbs has an engaging premise, likable cast, and Joe Dante at the helm. So the mixed-up genre exercise they produce can't help but feel like a disappointment. Well, well, you're fucking wrong, Rotten Tomatoes. Um, indeed. This movie had an $18 million budget and made $49.1 million at the box office. Uh, wasn't up for any major awards. And as we stated, you can watch this movie on Netflix right now. And I highly recommend, if you're going to watch it, watch it as soon as possible because this thing seriously, like, pops up on streaming and then disappears. I couldn't really find anything uh, regarding the rights to it. Like, it's a universal movie, so I figured that, hey, it's a universal title. It shouldn't be, you know, as hard to get a hold of as it is, but it apparently it is. So this is one of those movies that I... uh, still uh, presents the case that there is a valid reason to have physical media in your home. Yes. Because if you want to watch it, um, you can can pop it in your Blu-ray or 4K player at any time. I think, uh, yeah, that's not that expensive for the 4K Blu-ray online if you go and look for it. Now, is that one of those... um, uh, Because I know there's a couple of companies like Shout... Mm-hmm. And there's another one that does like their really cool covers for these these movies in 4K. So yeah, I mean you could buy the 4K transfer. Well, not at Best Buy because they took the, their physical media out, but just go to like Barnes and Noble, Amazon, buy yeah. it so that way you've always got it handy. So if you listen to us two years from now, when this movie's not on Netflix, or Netflix just adds it back, it. yeah, you can't find right. it. There you go. You'll thank us later. Yeah. Yeah, you just go to your old trusty DVD rack that you got from Ikea. Got it on sale on Black Friday weekend. Just grab your copy of The Burbs that you bought from Barnes & Noble. Pop it into your PlayStation 5 or 6. Check it out. Yep. Thanks, Barnes & Noble. I think they're still around. Yeah. Yeah, if yeah. you're still around Barnes and Noble, I I gave you a plug. You can send us like I don't know, like a gift card for a couple of free uh, Blu-rays or like a book or the Barnes and Noble. Uh, I don't think there's a Barnes and Noble close to us. Uh, the closest one is uh, about twenty miles away. Is it at the Green? In, uh, no, there's one in Beaver Creek. Okay. I know there's yeah, one bookstore and uh, the 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 yeah. green has a uh, a uh, one of those uh, frozen was, yogurt joints. Yeah, Books and Company. Yeah. Okay. Books different, a million owns it. Yeah, different yeah. different book provider, but they I bet they still sell uh, movies too. So you can also get the burps from them. Yeah, and uh, we can we can even have our uh, hot off the press takes. Sponsored by Barnes & Noble this time. Oh, I, I like it. We're going to go with that one today. Hot Off the Presses, presented by Books and & Company and Barnes & Noble, where you can find your physical media needs can be met. You can buy books, 
frozen yogurts, sit down, listen to a vinyl <laughs> record or two, even get yourself a Funko Pop. But yep. uh, we'll save those for a little bit. But yeah, if if you want to watch it, you can watch it on Netflix. The only spot you can get it right now. So check it out. Um, did you know? Some uh, fun facts and tidbits regarding the behind-the-scenes uh, production of the Burbs. Um, this was interesting. The film was shot in sequence and was filmed during the writer's strike of 1988. It was rushed into production to avoid a Writers Guild of America strike. And I guess the uh, they found a way to kind of tweak the script a little bit. The screenwriter, Dana Olson, was also cast in the movie. And I guess uh, Joe Dante uh, encouraged the cast to improvise a lot of their dialogue. So, yeah, the the dialogue seems a bit more natural. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess uh, one of the big things was uh, the Tom Hanks and Carrie Fisher bit where they're watching Jeopardy. Oh, that yeah. was improvised. Okay, I like that bit. That's probably one of my favorite bits between them. Yeah, and you know what? Like when I was a kid, I thought it was so lame to like for people to watch Jeopardy. But uh we my wife and my kids and I always go visit her grandparents on Friday night. We do a Friday night dinner with them and they always watch Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. Yeah. And whenever they're watching Jeopardy, like there could be a f- my kids could be literally seconds away from killing one another. But I would be more wrapped up in uh the category of World War II battle scenes or battle sites. Yeah. I'd be trying to figure out the answers to that. I just, I just get so gross in it. So I kind of see where they're coming from now. It must be an old, like, as yeah. you get older, the more fascinated you become with Jeopardy. Oh, yeah. I, I constantly stick on Jeopardy if I'm channel surfing and it's like, oh, Jeopardy's on. All right. Yeah, like, I feel yeah. like I always, like, when I see the categories, like, I'll just look at them like, I know I'm going to suck at that one. I know I'll suck at that one. Oh, movie quotes. I'm going to ace this one. Like, oh, uh, sport team nicknames. Okay, I'm going to do good on that one. And then, like, they'll have that weird potent potables or, you know, potpotpourri or whatever. Like, okay, I have no clue what this is going to be. But um, Joe Dante, according to him, uh, Tom Hanks was hesitant to do the movie because it was the first time on film Tom Hanks was going to play a dad. And Tom Hanks was concerned that playing a father would prevent him from taking on different types of roles later in his career, which obviously for those of you that are not familiar with Tom Hanks's work, he basically was the biggest movie star in the world from was that 92 to 99. So yeah, Tom Hanks uh, kind of got proven wrong on that. Uh, we also have that the music that uh, plays when, uh, Rumsfeld is introduced, and throughout the movie is a variation on the main theme of Patton, which is composed by the Burbs composer, Jerry Goldsmith. Yes. And uh, composer of uh, one of our other movies, uh, The Mummy, that we did not too long ago. That's right. Anywhere. Walter's toy poodle, Queenie, you may recognize this dog, was also the same poodle owned by Buffalo Bill in Silence of the Lambs. Huh. Yeah. The most famous toy poodle in the world is Queenie. 
Um, Crap in people's lawns. You take one more dump on my lawn, and I'm going to staple his ass shut. <laughs> uh, apparently, Tom Hanks and Rick Dukeman really didn't get along during the filming, according to Joe Dante, but Hanks was a pro, and he kept it loose. And right. then the, uh, the last one that I have is uh, Wendy Shaw, played Rumsfield's wife, was mm-hmm. uh, cast in American Dad. She's the voice of Francine because Seth MacFarlane is a huge fan of this movie. Okay. So, there right. you go. That's the uh, the fun facts that I have. Uh, Adam, do you have anything you want to add? Um. Yeah, I, uh, again, have uh, facts that are just, you know, just plain goofs. Um, uh, some stuff that I've recognized when I was watching the movie, I've watched it a couple times before we started recording, and some other ones that I grabbed from the good old interwebs. Um one of the uh, the goofs that I uh, found out was um, Walter actually um, uh, rides home in a car with a different license plate, even though it's the same exact car. Um, maybe he was off at the uh, at the DMV and not the hospital. Um, uh, one of the biggest goofs that I've noticed is that uh, while they got attacked by the swarm of bees the first time they try and uh, go to the Klopex house, um, they only have a couple of bee stings. And um, uh, they, uh, I think they even spit them out, I'm pretty sure, uh, and they don't have any uh, any bee stings in their mouth. doesn't make any sense. They're just like, yeah, I just got uh, attacked by a swarm of bees, and I'm fine the next day with just a couple of different uh, Band-Aids on. It's because they're made of uh, antimanthium. Same shit Wolverine's made yeah. of. That that's it. That's, We're cross pollinating genres like, and like studios. Like it's an X Men, creepy neighbor hybrid. You know, it's going to be in the same universe. The Burbs for the MCU. I think it's actually this is like <laughs> this same plot lines. The plot line for Deadpool three. There you go. That's sorry, Ryan Reynolds. We spoiled it here on the Couch Potato Podcast. Well, I'm you just going to blame Blake Lively. Post. She she sent us a. Uh, a DM. <laughs> oh, okay. She just wanted to fuck yeah. with her husband, so she sent us a DM. Um, my next one was uh, when uh, Art cuts power lines. Um, Mark is wearing a green beret, and the next scene on the roof is Bray is black. And then uh, a couple of moments later, when they cut back to him, it's green again. Just switching colors. Well, maybe it's just like it's a code, you know, like... Like black, perceived with caution, green is safe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he he is very uh, methodical in his uh, activities. Mm-hmm. So maybe he has a, a code system with his berets. <laughs> um, in the same uh, around the same time, anyways, when he's on the roof, uh, his rifle actually um, changes direction as it's sliding down in between cuts. um let's see uh the um neighbor's uh door knocker is actually later uh replaced by a bell um don't know if they just randomly decided to add a door bell but there isn't one at the beginning and they use the door knocker and then later it's like okay we're gonna ring the doorbell now Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't 
but that's all I had. All right, my good. little uh, few goofs that here and there. Good stuff. Um, when you said that art cuts the power line, a uh, little uh, tidbit: uh, second time in about a year that Rick Dukeman played a character that uh, was involved somehow with uh, electricity. Uh, the year before, mm-hmm. he was the guy in Die Hard, that Agent Johnson, mm-hmm. the white one. Oh, yeah. Tells mm-hmm. him to cut the power grid. That's Rick Dukeman. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And um, also, uh, I watched uh, Groundhog Day. Uh, on Groundhog Day, because, you know, it's February, um, and noticed uh, he is uh, one of the two drunk guys that um, Bill Murray goes out with. Um, and also in that movie, there's a scene with Jeopardy, so, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, all, uh, it's all, everything's tying together. Exactly. Well, uh, Rick Dukeman was actually going to be my nominee for the IMDb Drug Dealer Number 2 Award. Because uh, before I did research on this, the only thing I remember seeing him in was in Die mm-hmm. Hard. And I thought, like, okay. why the hell did, like, this guy had a bit role in Die Hard? Why is he, essentially, he's the second lead of this movie. Yeah, yeah. But apparently he was, a like, a, a fairly up-and-coming comedian at the time. I had no idea. Yeah, he was on... Um, uh, I think he had an HBO special, and I think he was part of. Uh, I think HBO HBO used to run a uh, a young comedians like showcase back in the eighties, okay. and I know he was a part of that. And I think he had a stand up special that was shown on there, and I mm-hmm. think he was like kind of an up and coming comedian that was going to break into the movies. But I seriously didn't know that until like a week ago. Neither neither did I. Um... The, uh, I actually just like made the connection as I was watching Groundhog Day, like, Hey, it's, it's that guy. Okay, cool. It's art. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure that he's going to win the award because yeah, he, uh, I've got fits I, the bill. I was going to nominate <laughs> him, but then there's another character and I'll reveal it when we get to that point that, uh, okay. I, remember seeing in another movie and I couldn't put two and two together until I researched like, oh, okay, that's who that person is. Yeah. And I think you'll, you'll, you'll get it when I, I reveal that. Um, the Martin Scorsese award. Uh, this is cinema for the best scene of the movie. Um, there are some really good ones. Uh, my particular nominee for this category is going to be the, uh, the Klopek Meet and greet the dinner party. Uh, okay. The the reason I nominated that one is um, my favorite character in this movie is Bruce Dern's Rumsfeld. Yeah. And this is basically a scene where they just let Bruce Dern cook for like 10 minutes. He is on fire in this scene. From the time he, he they knock on the door and his foot goes through the porch. <laughs> and I don't know if you've done this, but I've I'm guilty of doing this. So people that know me, it's it's because I've seen this movie. But if I'm in somebody's house and they're it's big enough and I don't feel a hundred percent comfortable there, I start to ro- roam around <laughs> kind of exploring the house a little bit, yeah. and it's because of this movie. 
<laughs> and when he's going around, he's like, I, I would never peel somebody's fucking wallpaper, which he does. Yeah. And then he puts it back, like, all confused, like, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> and he... What am I doing right now? And he taps on the, like, the furnace, and then he basically accuses them of murdering Walter in their own house. Yeah. Or he, he, he accuses them of doing some shady shit in the neighborhood. Yeah. And just he for that... At him about what's happening in the basement. Yeah, uh, I mean, Bruce Dern's not really featured too much prior to that, but yeah, this is just a Bruce Dern showcase, and I don't understand why he didn't do more comedy after this because he's fucking amazing in this. Yeah, he's he's super funny. He's one of the funniest people of this movie. Yeah, um, for that reason, that's my nominee. I also like the uh, the whole sequence when they go basically. Ray sends his wife to her sisters and Mark, Art, and Ray decide they're going to break into the Klopex house to find the Walter's yeah. body. I do yeah. like that one, but for, more or less for some of the same reasons I like the Klopex scene. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, for some reason, Rumsfeld's sitting on the roof and he's eating, he's drinking coffee and eating fucking animal crackers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the whole scene where he fucking slips off the roof it just cracks me up too but for this particular category I'm nominating the Klopek as a dinner party or is it a meet and greet or because they have the sardines yeah. yeah they have the sardines and then they have the brownies the uh, ruined brownies yeah <laughs> and yeah it's like a meet and greet okay we'll call it the Klopek meet and greet then that's my nominee <laughs> Okay, um, my uh, my nominee for this category is going to be um, where they decide they're going to go break into the Klopex house and find Walt's body. Um, I think that uh, just the whole climax with uh, him hitting the gas line and the entire thing just erupting in this massive explosion. <laughs> and the the icing on the cake is when, like, it's already exploded, uh, fire's coming out of the windows and then the roof kind of caves in a little bit. And then the cop goes, is that your house? <laughs> and then just the look on his face is like, yes, that was my house. <laughs> yeah, well, that scene too, like when Hanks comes out of the house, I've never seen anybody like kind of just basically slide down the steps so gracefully as he does. Yeah. Cause he seriously like just takes one step and just like, Kind of slips down the steps, but, like, doesn't fall. Yeah. And um, he uh, he says one of my uh, my favorite lines, but that's a different category. But, uh, yeah, that's my uh, my nominee for for this category. Here's the uh, whole climax there and then the the explosion. Uh, that, that's a pretty good scene, too. I'm sticking with mine, though. I, I just... Simply okay. for the for like just Bruce Dern's ten minutes. All right. Yeah. No, I'll I'll give it to that for sure. Yeah. Because there's other things that I like about the about my scene. So, and it's such a good scene that on YouTube there's a best of Rumsfeld uh, YouTube clip, <laughs> and the majority of that six minute clip is lines from that fucking uh, the Klopex house scene. Yeah. 
<laughs> so for that reason, I, I have to, I'm going to stay firm. I've got to defend this one. It's the Klopek dinner scene. Okay. Okay. Klopek dinner scene. It is the Andy Dufresne get busy living or get busy dying award for best or most quotable line of the movie. Um, <laughs> there's a lot to choose from on here. Uh, I'll let you go first. Okay. Um, I have a couple. Um, I, I think I know what yours is, so I'm, I'm going to leave that for you. That's that's kind of one of mine, too. Um, but uh, both of them are Tom Hanks lines. Uh, the first one is when um, uh, he's uh, spying on them, taking out the garbage, and it starts to uh, storm outside, and they're all, all three of them are just looking at uh, him taking the garbage down the driveway, and then uh, Tom Hanks is like, I've never seen that before. Never seen that before. Just drive the garbage down the driveway and then beat the hell out of it with a stick. <laughs> I've actually never seen that either. <laughs> Neither have I, but that's such a good line. It always gets me. And then uh, my my second line uh, is also uh, Tom Hanks at the end after he's uh, shambled out of the house um, and he's badly hurt and he's like, I've been blown up. Will somebody take me to the hospital? And he like throws the gurney into the ambulance. It just hops on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually had the uh, beat the hell out of it with a stick line as my choice. But when I tried to rewatch it, the line that always makes me laugh is when Rumsfield falls through the porch with the plate of brownies. He goes, Oh, there goes the goddamn brownies. <laughs> it's not so much the line itself, but it's his delivery of the line. Yeah, it's perfect. So it's good. <laughs> that's my nominee for it. Um, but I'm willing to give it to the the uh, the Tom Hanks line because that was my original choice. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I don't know why that that line. Like I've seen this movie hundreds of times, and it's still the line that makes me laugh out loud. <laughs> Because, like, when you've seen, like, a comedy so many times, like, the stuff that's funny is still funny. But, like, some of the stuff yeah. that, you know, it kind of loses its luster because you kind of know. Comedy for me is, like, it's the setup and, the, like, the, the punchline that you don't expect. Mm -hmm. But then when you, you know, yeah. you know, like, the rhythm after a while, it's like, okay, it's, you chuckle, but you go about it. But this, that line yeah. still cracks me up. I, I think that this movie is one of those rare movies where like the subject matter is universal. So like everybody has neighbors and everybody has like maybe that one weird neighbor, or that neighbor they don't like very well. And all of the humor in this movie is just that uncomfortable, like awkward feeling. And just that, that kind of, you need the break to tension, but the tension's still there. And so every single joke just like breaks the tension mm -hmm. really, really well. It's one of those rare movies that the humor still holds up. Yeah. It's, it's uh, a, not for me so much, but when I was a kid, it seemed like, yeah, there was always like the group of neighbors that were always friends. Yeah. Then they had the one neighbor that seemed to be like they had, everything was perfect and it seemed to be they were the the point of jealousy for certain people in the neighborhood like yeah. Rumsfield's jealous of Walter's immaculate yard 
It's because yeah. he sends his dog over there basically shit in Rumsfield's grass. There's the the punk kid that's like doing chores around the house, which that probably would have been me and my my buddies if you combine them in the one role. That would have been me and my little group of friends. And then, you know, yeah. you have like the Petersons and the the Rumsfields and I, f- I forget what Art's last name is, but like they're kind of like Kind of like a, a group of friends, and yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. Um, the McLovin Award for the best supporting or scene stealing performance. I don't think that the Clopex, the three characters that play the uh, the three actors that play the Clopex, really qualify. Right. I'm probably gonna break my rule. Because he's in this movie almost too much to qualify for this, but I'm giving it to Bruce Dern. See, simply uh, because. I, go ahead. I I disagree just because he's he's in it too much. But go ahead and and argue argue your point. Jimmy, well, for her. the only other person that I can see maybe having a case is Corey Feldman. Yeah, he's my nominee. Uh. Because to this day, I still refer to, because this movie, I still refer to a pizza delivery driver as the pizza dude. I say, yeah, the pizza dude will be here in 30 minutes. And it's because of this go. movie. Um, well, I don't know. They're like, There's not enough Corey Feldman for me uh, to where like, I think his performance is very memorable. A lot of what he does okay. is he sets up the Rumsfeld jokes. Yeah. Like him and his friends set up the stuff that, like, basically he's serving up fastballs to Bruce Dern, and Bruce Dern's knocking him out of the park. Okay. Because uh, he really, he has a little bit, he has that one scene with uh, Dukeman and uh, Tom Hanks, where for some weird yeah. reason, they never really say how old Ricky is, but he's drinking a beer with Art. Yeah, he's he's probably like what seventeen. Yeah, and like I just like that. that's the first I've seen this movie hundreds of times. And that's the first time I noticed that he was drinking a beer. Like, wait a minute, how old is Ricky? Yeah, <laughs> but I don't know. Like, I guess we could give it to Feldman simply because he kind of qualifies for the award. But I mean, I'm I'm willing to give it to Bruce Dern, but I mean, my 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 argument for Corey Feldman is that um, he does have like good one-liners ish, but my uh, ar- argument is the same as before. Um, when I was talking about it, it, he, he just loves that street. He loves watching everybody and like the background of him gathering people to watch what's going on. is just, is so funny to me. It's like, no, you don't. You don't need to go to the mall. You don't. You don't need to go to the arcade. You don't need to go to that movie. You need to come over to my house. We're gonna order pizza and we're gonna watch these dudes break into a house. <laughs> I just love that idea. I guess when you put it like that, yeah. I guess the premise kind of, kind of is pretty hysterical. Um, okay, yeah, we can give it to Feldman. I just, I really wanted to use this more as an opportunity to talk about how great Bruce Dern is in this, but we kind of went over that in the uh, the best scene of the movie. Yeah. No, he's great, and I—I I mean, he's probably one of the best actors in this movie. 
but he's in it a lot. So I don't he know. He is, yeah. Okay. Uh for the sake of uh making sure we stay true to the category, we will give it to Corey Feldman. Okay. Um the IMDB drug dealer number two award for the actor or actress you have seen in a movie, but you have no idea who the hell they are. Now we discussed in this previously that uh before like researching this that I had only seen Rick Dukeman in this and Die Hard. And then you said that you also yeah. seen him in Groundhog Day. Um, right. That's a perfect that's a perfect criteria to be nominated for this award. However, because he is the lead, like essentially the number two in this movie, I didn't really feel like it qualifies because I would feel that uh, this award's for somebody that might be, you know, on the screen for like maybe five minutes or so. Like, comes yeah. in, you know, if it's a basketball analogy, like comes in, he kind of gets a couple jumpers in, that like gets you a couple, couple points off the bench, and he's back on the bench. So yeah. I, I didn't think Rick Dukeman qualified for that. So my nominee is Courtney Gaines, who plays Hans, the uh, the young Klopek boy, which he actually has a very funny line in that, too, where uh, when Bruce Stern asked him about the pretty girl in the picture, he -hmm. said it's the picture that came in the frame. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But you may remember Courtney Gaines as Malachi in The Children of the Corn. Oh, he has that face, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because when I, I seen that, I was like, I was watching, I was like, God damn, that guy looks familiar. So then I went through his yeah. IMDb, and like, I'm just looking, and like, he's been in some stuff. I'm like, okay, no one's going to know what that is. And then you get to 1987, like, Malachi, Children of the Corner. I was like, fuck, that's where I know him from. Yeah, he's probably in something else that I've seen him in, too. There's just, I can't think of it. But you're right. He does have that familiar face. And then as soon as you said it, it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, and, <laughs> you know, that ex- explains it. Um, yeah. That's why the Klopeks are creepy is because their fucking nephew is not <laughs> Hans. It's Malachi, and he just changed his name to blend into that neighborhood. Yep. Yeah. So that's my nominee. I I wholeheartedly agree. We'll we'll go with that. Yeah, because like the only uh, the only other person would have been uh, the detective that's interrogating uh, Tom Hanks. His name's Rance mm-hmm. Howard. He's Ron Howard's dad. Yeah, he's been in a bunch of stuff in the eighties too. But I think the people that listen to the show probably wouldn't remember anything that he's in. And I'm probably willing to bet that some of the people listening to the show have no idea who Ron Howard is. Probably not. So, yeah, yeah. I'm going to – not everybody. I, we've got an awesome audience, don't get me wrong, but there's a couple of listeners that I know are going to listen to the show that probably don't know who Ron Howard is. Yeah, and as one of them is a more. particular person that <laughs> pretty much would rather us do comic book movies every week. <laughs> I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> Big shout out to JM in Springfield, Ohio. <laughs> um, yeah, that that's uh, that's gonna be uh, the person that wins the award uh, for drug dealer number two. But um, you know, there there is uh, Tom Hanks' wife, um, 
I can't think of what she's in though. Some dumb movie from the seventies, probably. Oh yeah, it's got like a, a hairy dog and a ship and. Yeah, 30. some kind of uh, laser beams and um, a big golf ball at the end. They're using fl- fluorescent light bulbs as swords. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and the the bad guys can't find shit in the desert. Yeah, and there's that guy that wears that asthma mask. Yeah, can't breathe very well. Yeah, must be the the dry the dry uh, dry atmosphere. <laughs> Um, it's sand. Unsolved mysteries of the movie. Um, I think I kind of already asked that. Like, how old is Ricky Butler? Because he's drinking a beer. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, I think 17, maybe. Yeah. And I'm willing to bet Art's just like, he wants to be the cool neighbor. Yeah. Just letting him have a beer. And it's like, oh, you know, I'm going to try to press this kid. Like, I want him to think that I'm cool. So I'm going to give him, I believe they're drinking uh, Miller. Yeah, maybe. I don't yeah. remember. <laughs> but that's my unsolved yeah. mystery of the movie is I'm willing to bet he's under 21. Okay. I have um, a couple. Um, oh, go right ahead. I'm curious because I couldn't really – that was the uh, only one that really popped in my head. Well, um, one of them was my uh, my goof, but um, we kind of uh, explained it away as uh, they have uh, adamantium skeletons, but – um, they don't seem very phased by the uh, bee attack at the uh, the next day, uh, which is kind of weird to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but the second unsolved mystery is, okay, so when they're breaking into the house and the Klopex are coming home, they see somebody in the basement. Now, if I were a mastermind murder and I wanted to hide my crime and I see somebody in my house committing a crime, why wouldn't I just blame them for killing people? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're already in my house using my incinerator. It's like, oh, I'm going to go to the cops and I'm going to say, hey, these guys are killing people in my incinerator. Like, why didn't they do that? Well, they would have gotten <laughs> well, away with it, but they they found the, the remains in the trunk. Yeah, that's true. But if they would have done that in the first place though, I think that they, the cops would have just been like, okay, you're coming with us. You're not hanging out talking forever and ever about how you were breaking into the house. We're just going to take you down to the precinct right now. They would have gotten away with it, but they, they did not. Well, that leads to another segue. That leads to another uh, question I have. I had this in my burning questions uh, category, but uh, I figured this is good as uh, any. Did Ray go to jail after the events of this movie. And I say that because technically he did blow up their house. That's destruction of property. It is. Yeah. Uh, and plus breaking and entering, but he did help solve a major crime. Who knows how many fucking people the Klopex have killed. And from the remains See, so, in that, that trunk, there's yeah. quite a few. I think now I'm not I'm not legal legal or anybody from like you know YouTube or um, a lawyer at all. But if I were a lawyer, what I would do is I would defend my client on those grounds. Like, hey, he foiled this big murder, so you're gonna let him off with just like you know I don't know probation or something. Yeah. Yeah, I thought about trying to Google a case to see if like yeah there's anything, but like. I'm sure there's like no 
precedent. Like I should have just Googled like, Hey, if I blow up my neighbor's house, but then come to find out said neighbors murdered people, am I free and clear? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a very oddly specific Google search. Uh, that might be one I'll you know. I'll type up on the old uh, the laptop and use a VPN. That's just just to play it safe. Like, hey, if I break into my neighbor's house and I blow it up because I hit a gas line, but then I find out the neighbors have killed a bunch of people, and I help I help them figure that out. What's yeah. that? What's that get me? And then the NSA is going to come to your house because we all know that they listen in. Right? We're like, are you planning on blowing up anybody? They're else? not going to, dude. No one <laughs> listens to this show. <laughs> <laughs> the NSA might. I doubt Maybe. it. Maybe. I doubt it. Um, but yeah, those are the two. So you're you're thinking probably the same thing I am. That like, Hanks is in trouble, but the penalty is probably not as severe considering. Yeah what he was in the house for, he was right. Cause they found the, the, the femur. Right. And then like that and led so, them into the, to figure out where the femur come from. And yeah, so he right. probably got slapped on the wrist. I'm sure he probably had to pay for the house, but then I guess Maybe. why would he though? Cause like Klopex aren't going to live there. No, I don't, although the motherfuckers are going to he, jail. You can still, you can still sue somebody from jail. So Maybe. I don't know. This is the point of the show where I wish that I had uh, like a legal expert. You know how like the, yeah, when you're need... watching the news, they have like, if you're watching, like yeah. say there's a big hurricane coming, like obviously the, the news is going to bring in someone from the weather channel. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like if there's like a major financial story, they're going to bring in someone from the Wall Street Journal, whatever, and, you know, like court TV, if that's still a thing. I guess it's not. Is Court TV a thing? I know they were, true, and then they TV weren't, now. and then they were. Yeah, Court TV used to be, uh, True TV used to be Court TV. Now it's True TV. Okay. So it's basically turned in from Court TV to the Impractical Jokers. Network? Channel. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I miss Hardcore Pawn on that network. I used to watch that show all the time. That was, that was a good one, too. Yeah, it was Pawn Star Sleazy Cousin. <laughs> and I think that's why I liked it so yeah. much. Like Pawn Stars just seems to be a little too up and up for my taste. I want something a little, I want something a little grimy. Exactly. Is is there a pawn a pawn show out there that's just the right amount, the right amount of sleaze? Like the people are good, but there's just a little bit of sleaze to them. Yeah. Let's do that. I know the perfect place. It's in Eight Mile in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> um. Perfect. But, yeah, uh, I wish we had someone that could, you know, help us out. Like, you know, like, hey, Chris Darden, you out there? Yeah. Hey, uh, like I said before, Legal Legal from YouTube. Come do our show. Okay, there we go. <laughs> or uh, isn't there a guy? Yeah, I think uh, the guy that owns, uh, that runs TMZ used to be a lawyer too, so. Yeah. Um. The most 1989 moment of the movie, uh, my particular nominee is the fact that there is no internet for our characters to use to try to research the Clopex. Yep. That is definitely, uh, and um, 
I don't know if this counts because it's not necessarily 89, but just the pizza dude in general. <laughs> just your classic pizza dude. You don't have like a door dasher delivering your pizza. Or um, uh, watching Jeopardy with Alex Trebek still alive. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one too. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, that was the that was the uh, first one that came to mind for me is the fact that like if yeah. this were in two thousand and twenty four, they would have been looking him up the Clopex up on uh, Google. Yeah. Also, literally all of the cars are that eighties boxy look, like that eighties early nineties. Like they look like they were cut out of a cardboard box, kind of mm-hmm. sharp edges. Yeah. Well, here's another thing too, uh, Doctor Clopex. You figured he's a According to the uh, the detective on the scene, after the house blows up, very respected mm-hmm. pathologist. Why is he driving mm-hmm. such a shitty fucking car? Like I can I can and, leave the, I can overlook the house because maybe they just moved in. They're waiting on contractors to get them estimates on. Hey, can you? How much is it going to cost for you to redo the porch? You know, like there's some work that needs to be done around here. I understand that, but. That fucking car he's driving looks like it's it barely runs. Yeah, it it sounds awful, and yeah, it needs a belt I mean, replaced offered, for sure. They offered to uh, buy the house from the previous tenants, but they didn't want to sell, so they killed him instead. So I mean, well, truth be they told, obviously were invested in the house. <laughs> well, to be fair. If someone come up to my house right now and offer to buy it for me, driving that fucking heap that the Clopex come rolling up in, I wouldn't take them seriously. Either. Yeah. Like, there's no way this guy's got money. I, They're probably living out I, of that thing. Yeah, and, uh, you know, being the 80s, they probably were going to write a check. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't trust that check. Look at that car you drove. Yeah, that, that, that fucking check ain't clear, and let's be real. Yeah, show me cash or I'm not I'm not selling my house. Yeah. Cash rules everything around me. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, like sh- show me some green uh Dr. Klopek if you're really a doctor. Also, that that house looked like it was in disrepair already. Like mm. and it looked like the yard had been dead for a while. Every every other house looks super nice. I really want to know what the the neighbors were like beforehand and why they didn't keep their house the way that everybody else did. Right. Uh, I mean, you know, like that's why I was willing to overlook the house because maybe they're just waiting on people to come and fix it up for them. I, right. Yeah. I know that sometimes getting uh, people there, there's no internet to do research on, hey, you know, who's a good contractor in the area? Like, nope, I got to look this up in the phone yeah. book. Yeah. They obviously don't communicate <laughs> the with people book. in the neighborhood that often. Yeah, see, we circle back to the phone book. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, they don't really talk to the neighbors, so, you know, I'm willing to overlook that. But, yeah, like, come on, dude. Like, mm-hmm. you couldn't have gotten, like, a, an 87 Cadillac. That right. seriously looks like the fucking Oldsmobile Sam Raimi uses in the Evil Dead movies. <laughs> it does. Is that an Oldsmobile? What is, like it's an Oldsmobile something. I forget the the model of the car, but but yeah, that thing's a fucking heap, and I I don't understand it. 
it still bugs me um, 30 plus years later why he's driving that car. The, uh, the phones are super, uh, uh, 1980s as well being wall mounted, like cord units too. Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, it's just one step away from rotary phones. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, but that's my 1989 moment is no internet to research these creeps. No internet. Yep. I mean, there was internet in the eighties, but let's be real. Nobody used it. Nobody had a modem that they called in with a, uh, actual like phone and then switched it over. See, like that's why you're on the show because I would have never in a million years <laughs> known that the internet was around in 1989. Like I thought it was yep. when Al Gore made that big thing in 92. Like, Hey, there's this new thing. The information superhighway. And all you have to do to get on that highway is head over to your local Kmart, get yourself a AOL disc, plug your computer <laughs> into your phone, and just wait for it to dial uh, up. Make sure mom and dad don't need to be on the phone because if they are, you ain't getting on the information superhighway right now. You're not looking up dirty nope. pictures on, on the internet. No, you can't look at them at the blazing speed of 56K per second. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, you, you, if mom's going to make a phone call in 10 minutes, that uh, naked picture of Pamela Anderson's not going to upload in time. So just wait till <laughs> mom gets off the phone. The hot off the presses take for the hottest take of the movie presented by our fine friends at Books and Company and Barnes and Noble, where you can get your. Multimedia needs, Blu-rays, 4K Blu-rays, Funko Pops, eBooks, books on paper, and more. Be sure to head out to your local mall if you still have one. I know they're a relic of the past. Or be sure to shop online at barnesandnoble.com or, I'm guessing, booksandcompany.com. I didn't bother to look up the address because we just come up with this on the fly. Do you have a hot take for this movie? Uh... Hot take is, um, hmm, no, I don't think I have one. I, I didn't think of one, and I, I can't think of one uh, just, like, on the fly right now, so. Well, I, at first, I was going to say that this, to me, is the best Tom Hanks movie pre-92. Because, you know, Tom Hanks goes on to have mm-hmm. arguably the greatest run for any actor or actress in the history of uh, the industry starting in 92. But I forgot he did Big. But you got an Oscar nomination yeah, big for him. Big is a, an iconic movie. Say. And I believe Big was part of the Tom Hanks uh, Couch Potato Podcast Hall of Fame, which you can listen to on mm-hmm. Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Cheap plug of the episode. Ba-boom. Um, I was going to be my hot take, but I don't really think this is a hot take but I'm just going to say it anyways. I don't think this movie's good without Bruce Dern in it. I can agree with that. Um, Tom Hanks isn't, isn't funny enough by himself. Yeah. Maybe that's my hot take. I don't know. (laughs) I also, I guess for another one, I could go without the art character. I don't find him to be funny at all. I think he's very annoying. He's super annoying. Yeah. But I think... They, maybe they kind of needed that to kind of balance out. Like, Ray is kind of like the the lovable, 
neighbor, the one that everybody mm-hmm. likes, seems to be the leader of the neighborhood. And Art's kind of the brash yeah. one that, like, realistically, if he didn't have Ray as his next-door neighbor, he probably wouldn't have any friends. But, yeah. yeah. Probably. To me... I think that um, with, with with Art and, and Ray, uh, Ray wouldn't do any of the things that he did in this movie without Art. Like, the movie doesn't happen, even though I hate Art, and I don't think <laughs> that... Uh, like he contributed anything uh, comedic to the movie, but yeah, you kind of need him to make Ray do what he doesn't want to do. And I will say that I, I've had friends growing up that have told me like, Hey, your house or my house, your house, make yourself at home, help yourself to whatever you like. But Art takes yeah. that to a whole fucking other level when he's just rummaging through the Peterson's fridge and just eating. Like, he takes fucking leftover ribs. I would have been super pissed yep. off if someone would have taken... Because I love barbecue ribs. One of my favorite meals in the entire world. If someone stole that out of my fridge, I would have fought. I would have fought Art over that. So, uh, there was a neighbor that I had. Uh, same, same, uh, same neighborhood uh with the townhouse uh and the neighbors that we had um ran a chinese restaurant they had a little girl the same age as uh, my oldest and um she would come over and play with madison and she knew english well enough to to play and and to ask us if madison was able to play and um uh, she came in and knocked on the door one time and uh, we said that, you know, Madison's eating dinner and she just walked in the house and said, you got food in your fridge? <laughs> and she came into the house and opened up the fridge like, yeah, we have food in our fridge. Uh, can you please get out of it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, we eventually like, I think we gave her like a string cheese or something like that from the fridge and like kind of set her on her way. <laughs> but yeah, she just barged into our house and, like, was raiding our fridge. You know, a uh, friend of the show, Steven, who's been on the show uh, a few times, when he was a little kid, kind of the same way, just kind of did whatever he wanted. Just go through your fucking house, rummage through your, your fridge, just take whatever he wanted. And his excuse was his mom said, he said, my mom said I could do it. Like, I'm pretty <laughs> sure your fucking mom didn't tell you, like, hey, see what they've got in the fridge. See if there's anything good. And help yourself to it. I'm pretty sure your mom did not say that. Anything that's in your your friend's house is yours. Take it. That's what your mom said. I'm afraid it does not work like that. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't really have like a hot take for this movie. I mean, like I, I really wish that Big would have come out after this because then I, I think my hot take would have been better. But no, uh, Big yep. had come out in 88 yeah, mm-hmm. it's eighty-eight. So yeah, I guess uh, my I would say it's more like a lukewarm, like a lukewarm bath. It's just Bruce Dern. If this movie doesn't work without Bruce Dern, I I like that hot take. Um, it is a hot take uh, because you know uh, he's definitely not the biggest lead in the movie, but he's the funniest person in the movie, and I guess that would be my hot take as well as like Tom Hanks isn't funny in this movie uh, without um, Bruce Dern in it and you know art and 
I don't like the art character, but some of the jokes that art sets up for Tom Hanks uh, is, are good. And so if he wasn't in the movie, Tom Hanks wouldn't have the, that foil that, you know, he wouldn't have that uh, setup to finish the joke. Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I, I guess we're just that hot take category is not really that controversial. Like, we would have said, uh, you know, like, this movie would have been better if like Ray would have murdered Art and blamed it on the Clopex. <laughs> but then I'd just take a whole you know what? I honestly that would be cool. I wouldn't I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't hate that. They could make that funny. Now this now the burbs has taken a real dark turn. <laughs> Ray Ray is actually the murderer. Um Hall of Fame plaques. Uh, this is the uh, category that if uh, we were uh, we had a Couch Potato podcast Hall of Fame and we were inducting these certain actors, would this particular film be on the Hall of Fame plaque for them? Uh, Tom Hanks, obviously not. This is no probably in his filmography, probably in the mid twenties. I mean, I love it, but yeah. I wouldn't. I tried to make a, a argument for it during our Tom Hanks podcast, but yeah, know, it didn't, not. it didn't, I think it, it ended up, it got as high as a maybe, but it didn't crack our top yeah. 10. Right. Um, let's see Bruce Stern. I would say no. Uh, Mm-mm. as good as he is in this, I mean, Bruce Stern's a very well-respected actor with geez, I think he's been in the business for 50 years. Uh, it recently was in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. He was George Spawn in that. So, And I think he's been in... Yeah, he was in The Hateful Eight, too. Um, he was in Black Sunday from the 70s. Uh, really cool uh, terrorist tried to take over the Super Bowl. Plot line for uh, you football fans out there getting ready to... Super Bowl, I forget the number, is uh, coming up next Sunday, so... Yeah, yep. Bruce Dern wouldn't be on his Hall of Fame plaque. Carrie Fisher, obviously not. I mean, Star well, I Wars. Know. I don't know of any other movie. I don't know of any other movie she's been in. What are you talking about? This is the yeah. only thing that I know her from. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I knew her from this, and she's Debbie Reynolds' daughter. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, Rick Dukeman, I would say yes, because I obviously did not know who Rick Dukeman was. <laughs> Prior to this, uh, I will be perfectly honest. Rick Dukeman's not going into a uh, Couch Potato Podcast Hall of Fame. I actually just read that he passed away uh, not too long ago. Oh, did he? Oh, mm-hmm. well. Well, yeah. I don't think that uh, this is his moment to shine. Uh, I I even liked him better in Groundhog Day and Die Hard, so. Yeah. Yeah, it would not be uh, on his uh, Hall of Fame plaque. And then uh, Corey Feldman, I would say no. No, Corey Feldman's known for much more things. What would like Corey Feldman? Stand Fel- by me. Yeah, would it be Stand by Me? Stand by Me, probably. Yeah, because yeah, uh, like the- I would say it would be that. I know he was in Gremlins. Yeah, but I would almost say yeah, it'd have to be Stand by Me. Mm-hmm. It's like the. Gremlins is the movie and and Stand By Me is is the film, you know. Yeah. So. Although personal pick, I fucking love License to Drive with him and Corey Haim. 
Oh, <laughs> that movie, it's fucking bad. But like, that's one of those movies that, and I'm sure that if I sit and watch it now, it's probably not very good. But man, when I was a kid, I was absolutely mm-hmm. in love with Heather Graham. She's the girl oh, okay. in that movie. And I just thought it was a really cool premise. I, I love the Corey Haim's mom and dad, uh, yeah. Richard Macer and uh, Carol Kane for his parents. Mm-hmm. Corey Feldman was Corey Haim's buddy. I really dug that movie. I'm sure it's probably not very good now. But that that might have strong consideration if it were up to me. But no, it's got to be Stand By Me. Yeah. Um, I had uh, some burning questions here. I didn't think they were very good, simply because this movie really doesn't require a lot of thought. But uh, right. But the few that I have, uh, best use of the name Art. I think it's between this and Art the Clown from the Terrifier series. Yes. Yep. Uh, best example of creepy neighbors. Um, yeah. I would think so. I can't uh, think of anything else. I mean, this is the movie that I know at least for, like, my generation and maybe yours as well. That Like, this is the movie that gets referenced when anyone thinks of, like, creepy neighbors. They always reference the, the Burbs movie because it's yeah. become a cult classic over time. Yeah. Let's see here. What else did I have? Uh, does Ray get, well, you already tried to answer, does Ray go to jail after the events of this movie? Uh, the last one that I had, uh, I was always curious on what Rumsfeld did in the military because he had all this fancy equipment and he also tells Hans he would snap his neck in a heartbeat. Yeah. He says that he spent so long in the bush. I, I'm assuming maybe it's like the time frame and everything. He was in Vietnam. Yeah. Um, I'm no. guessing he's probably special forces. Yeah. Or it makes me wonder if he's not one of those guys that didn't do anything and he talks a big game. Yeah, he just has all that stuff to but see that's stolen valor and that just makes him look like an asshole. So no Which he kind of is. He is, yeah, but I don't I don't want to I don't want to think of him as like the kind of guy that would steal valor. So Yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh the Finding Forster You're the Man Now Dog Award for the life lesson taken from this movie. Uh, I'm going to say just uh, always be vigilant of your neighbors because you never know who's yep. living in your neighborhood. Uh, and also don't break into their house. If you suspect them of murder, call the police. Well, first Google their last name and see if they've committed yeah. any crimes. Then call the police. If their last name is Klopet, call call the Google police. Don't even fucking Google it. Just call. Police. Call your local <laughs> law enforcement agencies now. Exactly. And if there's three of them, like, yeah, like, lock your fucking doors. Like, they could be trying to kill you. Yeah, they got an incinerator. You'll never be found. Yeah, biggest life lesson. If you have someone in your neighborhood with the last name Klopek or uh, a Slavic last name, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, call the police. Um, Well, hey, uh, anything you want to add before we wrap this bad boy up? Uh, I mean, if, uh, you haven't seen the burbs and this is the first time you're hearing about it, um, hopefully you haven't made it this far cause we just ruined the movie for you. Uh, but it's super old. So too bad for you. Um, go watch it. It's on Netflix. Um, go buy it. If, uh, you know, you don't want to 
you know, go on your streaming service and watch it first. I'm willing like because, with spoilers. Uh, I'm willing to give it like five. I will give it five years. Yeah. I think in five years, that's plenty of time for you to sit down and take two hours out of your day to watch something. If it's been five years after that, then I'm sorry, but I'm not going to sit here and keep a fucking secret for a 30-year-old movie. 35-year-old movie, so. Yeah. Dumbledore's dead. Bruce Willis is also dead. And Thanos snapped everybody away. Sorry, everybody, but it happened. And it happened more than five years ago, so. (laughs) <laughs> well, oh, I guess yeah. You just got that under the under the wire because uh, Infinity War is 2018. So, yeah, exactly. Just under the wire. <laughs> All right, gang. But uh, yeah, go watch the Burbs. It's good. Yep. Uh, right now, check it out on Netflix. Who knows how long it's going to be there? So definitely rush out to uh, check that out. And. On that note, uh, that wraps it up for today. Uh, thanks for checking us out. Uh, like I said, if you check out the links in the uh, show description, you can find where you can uh, follow us on social media. Be sure to follow us. That's where you get all the latest show updates. If you like what you heard today, please do us a small, small favor. Take a brief moment of your time. Leave us a five-star review on Apple. That way helps the show get discovered. So if someone wants to look up I don't know. What did Mark Rumsfeld do in the military? Maybe they'll find the Couch Potato Podcast. Who knows? So, uh, but yeah, we uh, do appreciate all of your support. And until next week, we will talk to you guys and gals later.